Hello and welcome to another episode of That Is Life. I've been away for a little bit. I'm very bad at being consistent with recording, but I've got a good excuse this time. I am pregnant, which if you've come from Instagram, you will know. I have a special guest today. We have Barry, my puppy, squeaking a toy in the background. So please do forgive him. He's very cute. But we also have another special guest today. We have my husband, who is Jay. Some of you may know of him, the the grumpy one who does not like social media, supposedly. And we are going to be talking about our fertility journey. We have been pregnant four other times. We had an abortion back in 2009 when we just got together. But we started trying for a baby in 2019, just after we got married. And we have had three miscarriages in the last two years. We are now 17 weeks pregnant and we thought that we would just chat a little bit here about how he has found our trying for a baby and how he has also found, you know, going through three miscarriages. Because I don't think we hear from the, the, the man's side too very often. And I've discussed a lot about me and how I felt through the last couple of years. Uh, but I thought it would be nice to have a chat with him and um yeah we'll just have a little bit of a just a bit of a talk and uh see see where we're at really and uh how we're feeling about the next 23 weeks stroke a lifetime of being parents so thank you for listening and uh, i will see you all very soon Okay, hi Jay. Hello. Hi, welcome to uh, That Is Life podcast. Thank you for having me. Yep, you're very welcome. So, we did attempt to record something on video a while ago. It was a long while ago. This was before we were pregnant, but it was a bit weird. You're not really into uh, (laughs) video recordings and putting yourself out there on social media, really, are you? So, I've convinced you to do a podcast. How do you feel? Terrified. No. Um, no, yeah, I'm just not a very stand up in front of people and talk kind of person. I, it takes a lot for me to have to do it at work. Mm. And I think that's, and I do have to do it at work quite a bit. So I think that's where I sort of use all that energy. And I can't really do it anywhere else because it just uh, doesn't freak me out. It's just not something I'm really used to yeah, or, yeah. or want to do particularly, you know. So social media is that, isn't it? It's basically standing up in front of people and saying, hey, this is me, and I'm just not really that guy. Well, but hey, this is you. But hey, this is me. Um, and, yeah, podcast is, is a is a halfway house for me. Video is a bit like, feels like a bit of a performance, whereas this is just like us a chatting. chat and there happens to be a microphone between us. Okay. So I want to ask you then, you have wanted to be a dad, for a while longer than I've wanted to be a mum yes yes correct may I ask what is it that you have you know why have you wanted to be a dad for so long um well the funny thing is is I've wanted to be a dad a hell of a lot longer than I've been capable of (laughs) being a dad right so 
uh, from a, I wouldn't say a very young age, but I was ready to have kids in my say like mid twenties or whatever. And the more I learn about myself and about being what it takes to be a parent, the more I realize that probably now at 35, the timing's just about right. Um, why have I always wanted to be a dad? I think that, how can I put it? I think sharing, it's a bit like having a, it's a bit like having a, a partner in a way, like sharing the world with someone else, mm. like sharing my life with someone and having an opportunity to live is it vicariously like live through a child and like experience mm. the fun side of the world you see the world through see their the eyes. world through their eyes and give an opportunity to impart some of the some of the <laughs> tiny bits of wisdom that <laughs> i've picked up along the years um but yeah it's just an opportunity to share uh, it's it's family basically i guess yeah just to share your life with someone do you think that, I won't go too much into too much detail, but do you think your family situation has affected what you want? That, that you want a family because potentially you felt like you lacked a particular unit? Yeah, um, I think that... Oh, yeah, you, you caught me on the hop there a bit. I suppose I there's aspects of my upbringing and childhood that I would do differently when I bring a mm -hmm. child. That would be the the very broad way of saying it. But there was there was a lot of it was fifty fifty between. I, I was a very loved and well looked after and had a very good upbringing mm -hmm. um, I, on one side of the coin. And on the other side of the coin, I had an emotionally disconnected and uh, unsupportive influence in my life, if you like. And I suppose it's that if I could make that, if I could be the parent that does that side of things differently, I think I've got good experience um, to bring up a child because I had that good upbringing for half of it. I do, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of babbling have, a bit, but you caught me on the hop a little bit with the question. You I had guess. influence. Really half influence was great, and you want to re recreate that, and half the influence was less great and you want to make sure that you do something slightly different and give a child something different that you feel that you didn't potentially have yeah absolutely. I think that's a I think that's a a want for a lot of people even if it's unconscious and I think to be aware that there's that want and need in you is something I think good to be aware of yeah I think the the bit I want to get right is the best bit of parenting really is understanding your child seeing things from their point of view being compassionate for them being empathetic towards them do um, you think though because this is something that's got me I think recently when I've been on Instagram and there's you know already lots of sort of mummy expectations and parenting kind of judgment that I have come to the conclusion that there's probably no other than loving that child and giving them that compassion, like doing parenting right 
is such a a notion because we're going to get some stuff wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, all right, let's let's cut to the chase. The stuff that one of my parents got so badly wrong in my upbringing will be if I just don't do that, I'll be a long way to, yeah, <laughs> to, be to being a good parent. So yeah, I fully accept I'll never get it all right. I'll lose my temper. I won't say things and, and at the right time and all no the rest right. of it. There's no right way to do it. And I'll definitely get it wrong along the way. But I think I've got quite a strong benchmark for what not to do. Yeah, which is <laughs> um, yeah, which is great. So can I ask then, considering you've wanted to be a parent for a long time, we started trying in March of 2019 and we I just had the quill taken out and we had sex unprotected, you know, our first month of trying and we fell pregnant. So while you were at your mum's and I came to tell you, how did you feel when that in that first month I was like, well, hey, we're preggos? Um, well, as you know about me, whenever I get big news, I kind of just go, oh, uh, and like zone out and don't really know how to react. So when you first told me, I was like completely just like spellbound and shocked by it all. Um, but then as as I got used to the news, I think I was not too dissimilar from how I am now. 50% absolutely terrified and 50% the most excited I've ever been. And the only reason I'm terrified is because obviously when you've had a slightly complicated upbringing, you worry that some of that might influence the way you parent subconsciously without you even really knowing. And so... So you was more fifty percent terrified of the parenting. Did you have any uh, fear that we might miscarry? Because oh for god, me, no! In the first no, in the first instance, I was completely oblivious. I, I, the one thing I've learned about these miscarriages is the it's a bit like mental health to some extent. The more you talk to people about it, the more mm. you find out it's how prevalent it is. And I think when we first got pregnant, I would never like. I just it wasn't in my mind at all. Like I just, I didn't think miscarriage was that common. Do you know what I mean? I, I knew it was, look, I'm not stupid. I knew it was common, but I didn't think that like my mum had three more, more miscarriages well, between me and so my brother. So your mum had had miscarriages, yeah. but you still didn't think, cause I knew. And I kind of knew that, but it was like a misty memory. Like I wasn't, I, I can't remember her telling me, oh, I lost three children between you and your brother. Like it wasn't like a, I knew that there was a chance that we could miscarry because, you know, people, you know, don't tell anyone to past 12 weeks because that's when you're safer in the second mm. trimester. So, like, I knew, but I didn't, I just didn't think that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we with would. the 50% excited, 50% terrified, that was me immediately thinking about being a parent. It was like nine months is going to disappear. Yeah, no, that's why, yeah. Like, there, none of that terrifiedness, not a word, was about, no, miscarrying. Like miscarrying. No, no absolutely just didn't not. Cross my mind. I mean, I don't think I'd even given myself a chance to be excited or even terrified. I, it takes me a long time for things to sink in and put things in context, I think. So for me, I hadn't really thought about miscarriage. I hadn't really thought about the parenting, even. I was more like, oh, when am I going to get a bump and take a picture? Like, how exciting. Where are we going on our baby moon? <laughs> I was much more like in the shallow stages of stuff. <laughs> 
yeah, true story. But then we got to about, we thought we were about nine weeks and I had started bleeding and I had been working in a cafe and I messaged you to say I'm bleeding. And so you were like, right, we'll go to the hospital, to the early pregnancy uh, unit. And I took myself, you were at work. And so I took myself and even then I just thought, well, some people bleed during mm. pregnancy. And I didn't think it was going to be a miscarriage. So when, you know, the, in week one, they sort of do a scan and they say, oh, okay, well, we can't really tell. You, you're early. They thought I was, you know, six weeks and I thought I was nine. So we were like, oh, my God, could our dates be that confusing? Both of us were, we spent ages on Google, didn't we, like, seeing what the possibilities were could we have been wrong with our dates Mm. and what size was the the embryo meant to be so then we had to wait another week to have a scan and be verified and i think again you must have been at work so when i told you that we'd lost the baby how did you feel do you remember well yeah i think it's worth a bit of um, context about the way I deal with grief and trauma and stuff like that. And this applies to the way I deal with, with most stuff like that is I try not to worry or get upset about it until I know it's happened for sure. Mm. And in that time, I subconsciously prepare myself for what's going to come so for example when you went for the first scan I was like look let's just not get too Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to that place until I know for a fact I need to go to that place all the time all the while being like if I do have to go to that place this is how I'm going to cope with it now did I cope with it no not particularly well but you know I I, there was a couple of stages to that Mm. I think um so when you first told me, yeah, I was like, let's just not worry about it for now. Not what, you know, let's let's park our grief until we know exactly what's going on. Because I think in the second and third times it happened, you you would say things to me like, look, he's saying it's not going well. And I'm like, yeah, but he hasn't actually said that, you know, like there's yeah, still a bit of hope to cling on to. to. And then when it happens, then I can, you and know. What is that when it happens or when it was confirmed? What is that? feeling can you even well just, I don't want to simplify it too much but just gutted like mm. uh, uh, one thing that that having three miscarriages has taught me is that you you have to be excited about things that happen in life because otherwise you just have a whole life of being like oh it might go wrong yeah but also there's There's, you have to protect yourself a little bit because you never know what's what's going to happen so I think the first time I between the first and second appointments I'd obviously dulled my expectations a little bit but I'd already got quite far into the like baby night names when are they going to be born oh my god they're going to be the oldest or the youngest in the year yeah what's their first pair of trainers going to be like sorry um that's that's yeah. all i care about really is first pair of trainers um but don't you find them by the are uh, this pregnancy uh so uh now this pregnancy that we held off on that that mm. we held our joy in and i find that i feel like that's 
this is one of the shit bits about miscarrying is that I really don't enjoy the fact that each time I was having to curb my excitement and Mm. curb my joy just in case something went wrong. Mm -hmm. Then the third time, last time I was like, no, I'm still going to be in joy because of course it's not going to happen a third time. Mm. And then it did. And so when we got to this time, I was like, okay, we're holding this shit down. Yeah. And I think as with anything, big that happens multiple times you learn quite big less lessons each time I think by the time we got to the fourth and fingers crossed successful <laughs> successful pregnancy I'd learned that modulation of my emotions and my mm. excitement to be like because I get I was very strong-minded about the fact that I don't want to just sit there in fear for 12 weeks 15 weeks 20 weeks yeah, 30 weeks yeah. 40 weeks do you know what I mean I want to enjoy it but I by the fourth time round, I'd learned what enjoying it and being excited and being cautious and protective of myself, how that mechanism worked. Now, can I just explain to you how that works? No, because no. I can't. It all happens in between my ears. I've got no idea really what that mechanism looks like, but I just know that it, it was a much more tactile, nuanced thought process. Tactile, wrong word. Mm. Nuanced pro- thought process. Um, do you feel resentful do you feel resentful of having to have this nuanced way of going about this protecting yourself Uh, it's a good question because part of me is like oh wouldn't it be great to just get pregnant have you know and get all excited for 40 weeks pop a baby out and everything be fine um but also without sounding like a philosophical you know I was going to say dick, but yeah, guru. Um, (laughs) Well, no. What I mean by that is me making up philosophical quotes just to suit my own purpose. Um, Is that that's not really how life works. You know, like uh, we've both had complicated upbringings, teenagehoods, 20s, now 30s. Stuff has happened we haven't had horrendous lives and we should be blessed and thankful for the good lives we've had so far, but we have had some stuff we've had to come up against and basically it's not all rainbows, you know? Yeah. And I, but I do feel resent for the fact, I mean, I grew up very moany, very cautious, very glasses half empty. And I feel that in my twenties, I really worked on making sure my glass was half full and you know, I've said to you, I've said to you, there's no point in, you will always self-protect, I think. And I used to do that. And I got to this conclusion of like, well, I'm missing out if I self-protect because I'm like waiting for the joy. But what if the joy never comes? I'd rather just be excited because the disappointment is still disappointment on the other side. It Mm. doesn't make any more disappointing just because you had an expectation. I know people disagree with that, but I think that's all about ideas and attachment and stuff. So for me, I feel resentful of the fact that I'd worked on that in my 20s and, you know, 30s. And then I get to the stage and I feel like I was pushed and pushed and pushed again with the news of mum's diagnosis, then with mum dying, then with three miscarriages to have to be cautious. And it was like, oh, fuck's sake like I don't want to protect myself I really want to fall in it so I did feel a bit resentful I'm glad like I actually do feel that we decided at the beginning of this pregnancy right let's hold our nut down 
at least you know, for the first seven weeks, I sort of pretended I wasn't pregnant, which, mm. you know, I, I obviously I didn't drink, but we just kind of got on with life. Mm. And it's only been, what, in the last week or two that we've gone, right, baby names. We found mm. out the sex, we're having a boy, which we'll get mm. on to. But so can I just ask, in terms of the miscarriages, I think, you know, a, a lot of attention and love goes to the mum. Mm. And people always, you know, like how's, quite rightly, yep. And how's Danny? And how how how's she doing? One, did you have support of people asking and checking in how you were doing specifically about the miscarriages? And two, how did it feel to, I suppose, get less attention? I know you're not an attention seeker, but to get less potentially compassion. I I don't know. Did you feel you got less compassion? Um. Well, to just couple of questions I think first off I did get support I'm very lucky to have a group of close friends and my mum my brother who are very attentive mm. to me in that way um and yeah I did you know a couple of my friends and my mum in particular would literally text and say like how are you feeling about the miscarriage you know rather than skirting around the issue and stuff nice. so I did feel yeah I did feel supported um did I feel like I didn't get as much attention as you, is that what you said? I think yeah, or compassion. Compassion. Really. I think oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because look, you're carrying the baby. You have to go through the physical and the emotional trauma, whereas I have to go only go through the emotional trauma. It's not a case of what's worth more, what's got greater value, like, mm. oh, because you're going through something physical as well. It's twice as bad I don't know make up a number you know it's a uh, 300% worse than my trauma um doesn't really work like that but I feel like oh, men are probably because of historical roles of men and stuff as well like being strong and being protective and looking after your wife when she's going through something so horrific kind of puts a bit of a um a, a, a puts a bit of a dull on you being able to fully express mm. just how upset you are I guess you have to um, yeah you sort of have to, you even though you're not the like I must be strong right? no 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 I don't to a point I don't but like, it's still yeah. there it's still in society it's still yeah it's, so you sort of felt like you had to step up for me and was and I think for the all of my grief I think you felt that you have gr grieved my mum yeah hugely, but you like, still had to sort of pull up those fucking big boy pants and like look yeah, after me yeah, first which yeah. sort of does feel so unfair well it's yeah but is it unfair or does it fulfill my what I and this is a personal thing about me like I like to know that people can rely on me and that mm. I can look after people and people feel uh, comfortable around me and stuff like that that's a personal thing for me like I I want to yeah. take care of people so yeah you know like I I feel like my grief was valued equally to yours but there was this little component of it that was like yeah okay that's all well and good but your wife's going through something not worse I don't know how to quite phrase yeah, it it's different, like different 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 yeah I think with your mum it was it was difficult because it was completely different sorry not different well it was fucking difficult that's the different um but it was very different because she was your mum like mm. all right she was one of my best friends and like 
I, it broke me when she died. Like I was devastated. But she's your mum. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with a child, it's my it's child as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but you had to go through the physical side of it, which is traumatic. And I would never <laughs> claim to have any. Um, I you know I can't relate to that side yeah. of it. Um, so it's difficult. I, yeah, I felt protective and like you needed more support than me. But we definitely needed an equal amount of support. Yeah. That kind of, kind of going, kind of yeah. going back against myself. Well, no, there, maybe you know it's not I mean. needed more support, but we needed equal amount of compassion and empathy. I think which, that's, that's probably And right I think running, yeah. you, you know, hopefully got that because your people are great people. Yeah, yeah. So just then going to trying for a baby. Mm. So obviously we, you know, we started trying in March 19, got pregnant and lost the baby come end of April 19. So then we tried and it wasn't until April 20 that we got pregnant again and we were trying each month. Now for me, I know that there was a, a niggle of me which was like I you were the one that had wanted the baby longer than I did. I had started to want a child more so when my mum had passed away because I was like, I need to know what this love is and I want a family and I want to carry on, you know, whatever you know, mum had passed down to me. I wanted to pass that on. Uh, but I did start getting this niggle after a while of trying that I was the one peeing on the ovulation sticks. I was the one making sure, like, taking my temperature. I was the one having to, like, know my dates and... You know, it, what I just turned up and did what I needed you, to do and then bugged up again. Yeah, and I feel like you were always supportive. You're a great husband, but I felt like and feel like there's just, it's different. So even though you'd wanted this kid more than me, you know, potentially to start, you didn't have to do the groundwork. You didn't have to, you know, put in the foundational work of just figuring out dates and yeah, I hear, I, I, I hear you, but you can't resent me because you have a biological disposition for having to do more work than me to get, but, get so you know, like... If, is it not your responsibility to say, when are you ovulating, you know, or how's your temperature, is it dipped, like, to get on board? I mean, I don't know what men do this. <laughs> yeah, but, I was going to say. But... but I did get to that point after, so, we, you know, it was eight months, I think, between the first pregnancy and the second, that I was a bit like, Dude, like, because it takes out the fun. I mean, you know, we've been together 12 years. So, you know, sex is its not like it was exactly at the beginning. We'll get into that. No, we but, won't. But fertility... The line. <laughs> there's no lines here. Fertility does suck away. Because, you know, look, I wanted to make sure that I was waiting, you know, for sexy time for ovulation. But ovulation takes away a lot of the sexy time because you might not be into it and it's every other day or well, every day. And that's day. another thing I'd say about being a, a guy trying for a, 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 I challenge, well, okay, maybe I'm over-tuning a bit, but like 90% of blokes, 95, 99% of blokes have no idea that this is even like a thing. Like What's I just, ovulation and like that sort of timing and stuff like that, yeah. unless you're actively trying for a baby. Yeah, but by the time of the first couple of months, you got it. You knew that there was a specific time that we needed to have sex. Yeah, but Question, to wait. your point, I'm not sitting there like what, looking at my no. watch going, oh, like, yeah, that, that's your... That's... Did you have discharge today, Danny? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, I'd rather you just... I suppose... Pounced on you. But then well, did you feel used? 
because I think that's a thing. <laughs> so did you feel used? Like knowing that I then would come to you for sex pretty much because we were ovulating. Well, no. You, can I can I feel used when I have a vested interest? In yeah, it? but not, did you feel like, really. oh, you're only coming to me because we're trying rather than because you want me? Did that ever come up for you? Because I felt like it did. But that could have just been me in my head. No, not really. I don't okay. Think, yeah, I no, mean, I you will. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> when I can that's, get it. That's what I was. I was. I was thinking in my head as you asked me. I was like, "Well, I'll take it when I can get it." You know what I mean? So I'm not really. Yeah, I didn't really. I wasn't. I don't. I don't really care about the purpose of it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Which is so I find odd because you're so into sex for emotional. Like for, you, you, you are into the emotional side. So. Did you did you feel that trying for a baby took out any one fun spontaneity to emotional connection from it? Hmm. Well, I think the emotional connection remained to some extent because yeah, I think we, we were because a we've always operated on that level and mm. b I, I think when you sort of have maybe in the back of your mind, I didn't actively think this, but maybe in the back of your mind, well, this could create a baby to start mm. our family. There is let's, an emotional bit to love. it anyway. Um, we're literally making love. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, did also, it take some of the fun and spontaneity away? Yeah, a little bit maybe, but I'm, I'm not I'm not very good in life in general. Like I often don't know what day of the week it is. Like I, I'm not like, oh, it's been... 26 days yeah it must be coming up soon like I don't I don't think like that you know what I mean like even in the morning like some people get up bang on 6 30 and have their breakfast by seven and their shower by six all that I've never been like that I just get up when I get up and obviously in time for work and stuff but I'm not and I think I don't track time like that I think also I I would say that at least once out of one of the times you would do we would have sex during ovulation would be nice and spontaneous and more because we wanted it but personally for me you know four times within one week it's too much I'm not down for that like for me that's too much like we're not spring chickens anymore this is not the first six months of our relationship so I found that yes at least once a month we would get this nicety it wasn't like oh this is a chore but because there was one month we did it we did it like every day we try we just were like we'll try this every day for I think six days and I'm telling you my fanny was red raw (laughs) then the first time we you know went in I used fucking olive oil as lube because we didn't have any lube and I got thrush and it was terrible and I never wanted to try and have sex ever again so there were there are some big downsides okay Jay's like horrified this is awful <laughs> but I would say in the April when we got pregos we'd actually camp we we started camping out on our balcony in a tent oh, yeah. and so that was kind of spontaneous and when we got pregnant the last time we were actually on holiday so which helped so that was lovely and then I would say after that it I was I was done with sex to be honest like I was done with trying but also the third miscarriage and I was in a mental state where I just after the grief and everything it kind of hit me at the end of last year and the global pandemic I just was like 
and we were in our new house that we were like kind of half doing up it was it's not completely nice surroundings because we were doing up upstairs I I think it took a toll on our sex life and I you know the fact that we're pregnant this time is a miracle I'm a I'm Mary <laughs> but like do you know what I mean like I did you do you notice that like did you notice that come our third miscarriage we were both I think just burnt out from trying well a little bit because even though you're trying really hard not to do this you are you do put more value and more like pressure there's there's more at stake every time you have sex and it's like yeah is it gonna happen this time is it gonna happen this time now look i i must say though i wasn't i wasn't actively like as we get into bed being like gotta make it count this time you know (laughs) i never thought about it like that but i think there's something in the back of your head going well, it's look, you can it's I think it's quite easy to spiral off and I tried really hard not to do it just to, for the sake of my mental health. It's really easy to spiral off into why isn't this working? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with Danny? We're not we're not destined for this. It we you know, oh god, the pressure. Oh, we need to make it work this time. Is it because we you know, Got did it drunk. on a Tuesday rather yeah. than a Wednesday. Oh, I had a beer on Saturday. It's now Thursday. When does that beer get out of my system? Mm. And all this. Blah, 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 Which we easily... didn't do really. We were no, good. but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you you can easily yeah. spiral off into that place. And I have, I had to, it wasn't much of a struggle, but I did have to proactively be like, no, don't go there because yeah. you'll just end up worrying about everything. Yeah. A bit like with the global pandemic, the pandemic, I've had to like be like, there's no point in analysing all the data and watching the news all the time and all that stuff. It just causes me to Too go off into grief. into into hyper over analysis. It's just not, yeah, that's just not helpful. So can I then ask? Because there was a point in which you know we didn't know if there was something wrong with me, you, what mm. you know, us. Was it the fact that we weren't gelling right or whatever? So there was a point when you got your sperm tested. I'd had a lot of tests and blood tests and stuff. When you then got your sperm tested, was there a sudden different stance? Like when the choice could have been, it could be me, it could be you. I, you know, was there a difference in oh? shit this could be on me and how did that feel was there fear no because to use your terminology on me if it had been on you there would have been no blame or resentment or anything like that involved like it it disgusts me to think that Anyone. anyone could say to their partner Oh, you can't, you can't, it's you that can't yeah. get pregnant. Like that's off key. Like I'd, that's a horrible thing to like make someone feel shit about when they feel shit enough already about the whole situation. Yeah. So based on how strongly I feel about that, had it turned out to be me, I knew I wouldn't beat myself up about because it. Because I like, wouldn't because do that to you either. That, but also because I just, even if you did, I know I would never act like that. So I could take the sort of more high ground if you like and just but but be like, well, you might be being a fucking horrible person by saying that to me, but I would never say that yeah, to yeah. you. So I'm not gonna yeah. blame myself or whatever the word I think is. You shouldn't be having a baby with anyone who would throw that in. Yeah, and maybe it's really uncommon and people don't talk yeah, or no, think like I, that. I have but no I just idea. I there 
But the fear just wasn't there. You do think, is it me? Is it her? Just, I think I I also had like a a lot of sort of just biological questions about the chances of it being a boy or a girl, the chances of it having curly hair or not having curly Mm. hair because I'm white and you're mixed heritage, you know. It's just things like that. So I think those sort of biological questions will have been of interest to me. Yeah. Um, I think like, I... Is it, I'm just interested. Do my do my sperm work? Like, yeah. you know, just as a factual analysis. So but... when it came back that your sperm did work... I went, yes, get in! So it's not were... me! No, 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 I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. Um, but was you relieved? Well, I was relieved to know that 50% of the package was working. Not that I mean, not it, that it was me that was working. If your test had come back and said everything's fine, I would have been like, yes, 50%. No, and they and they working. were. We got to yeah, this point know, where both saying. it could have been anyone, either we, of us. We got to this point where we were both, you know, as far as we know, everything's okay. Mm. Which for me was a bit annoying because you're like, I'd rather know what's going on Mm. and then maybe we can create a plan and in the end we got to the point where we weren't trying because we were like let's just hold out we were waiting for results on our last miscarriage you sent the embryo away and we were like we'll wait and then we had sex during this time you were like is it okay to you know and I was like yeah yeah like I I had ovulate I thought I'd ovulated the week before uh on the wednesday <laughs> and this was the sunday so i was like yeah yeah like and we were waiting for the results and then we i got a positive pregnancy test you know uh, i don't know two weeks later and the day after we got the results back from our last miscarriage and we discovered that our last miscarriage um had had chromosome um, abnormalities and our last um, embryo had had down syndrome and turners which turners you can only get um in girls so we knew we'd had a girl um and that was a bit we just found out we're pregnant the day before and then we got that news and I think there was and then we got sent for some tests for some karyotyping I think is the word tests which I've had my results Jay still hasn't had his results yeah, so I'll need to no I'll chase them. them but Admin. We were, I was cautious then. I was like, oh, does that mean we've got something wrong with our chromosomes that they're not matching up together? So, you know, did you feel, did you then feel like shit? Well, how did you feel about this pregnancy then? We'd got that result. We'd had three miscarriages. Did you feel like there was a bigger chance that there was probably going to be another chromosome abnormality or a less? Because I think I thought there'd be a lesser chance. I was like, okay, if it is chromosomes, I think we might, we could be all right. Well, I, I, I point you back to the conversation we had earlier on in this chat, which is that I have learned rightly or wrongly to, um, to. Um, blank it out if you like until I need to think about it so until I knew that we would be in a place to be able to measure that i.e 12 weeks I kind of just didn't think about it too much okay um sorry there's a bit of a pause here because I think Barry just shot it on my like a smelly poo but a runny little drop he sharted on my leg i'm adamant 
Anyway, sorry about that. You can cut that bit out, can't you? So, <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I did feel more positive. Sorry, Barry is now potentially licking his shirt that is on my jumper because I put it in the wash. <laughs> Barry, we are recording a podcast here. Do not show us up. But yeah, I did feel slightly positive about this, but I feel like I had positivity about them all and, you know, there was always a glimmer of hope. So I don't know. Well, I think another reason why I didn't let myself go to that place is because when you go through all miscarriages and you talk to more people about it and blah, 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 you learn how much of an absolute miracle stroke lottery, like getting pregnant and and having a health and staying pregnant is. So that... Do I think this was going to be more or less successful? Like you were saying, you thought it'd be more successful. I still had it down to like complete chance. Who do you knows? know what I mean? Like who knows? So there's no point in me point. getting, you know, that's like buying a lottery ticket and then sitting there staring at it until the balls are drawn. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I, I, who knows? Who knows? Like I just have to. Okay. So I just, I want to wrap up, but I, I do want to ask you because your thoughts and feelings we decided to find out the sex, which we hadn't thought we would. But then when we realized there was a chance to find out quite early, um, we had a harmony test and they could find out. And so we did. So we got we found out about week 15, uh, maybe week 14. How did you feel when you found out that we were having a boy? I mean, we're wrapping up, so... <laughs> So, basically so don't go quick. on too yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go on too Thanks. long no right. but um well then how can i say this as quickly as possible okay so i think the i think this is this is how i've explained it to other people how i explain it to the family so i'll this mm-hmm. is this is what i can quickly draw on right is the type of human being that i want to be in this world as an extension of us and part of our family i I feel what's the word is it stereotypically or historically or whatever is easier to create with a girl what i mean by that is that women tend to have a natural more tend more often to have natural compassion empathy warmth kindness Hmm. yeah versus men now i'm being very general and you know all the rest of it yeah we're talking on black and white terms there's a lot to go into you're talking in therapy about it but in terms of if you generalize and we're trying to be quick that's kind of the general feeling yeah i think it's easier Easier to make an empathetic kind female than it is to make an empathetic kind male okay (laughs) which which is interesting because you're an empathetic kind man and so i do find that interesting but i do understand because of complications of your own upbringing and relationship with your dad that that does make sense to me yeah and so i think then when i found out it was a boy it was uh it was an opportunity and uh not a risk i'm thinking business opportunity and a and challenge a, and a challenge um an opportunity to create because what i don't want i want my child to be strong in themselves and know what they want and self-assured with a a healthy level of self-esteem and so 
I feel like it's easier for boys with high self-esteem to move away from kindness and compassion, compassion. than it is for girls. I feel like the the basic tools are already there and then you make a strong female. Whereas with boys, I feel like it's harder to garner that softness Mm-hmm. while keeping them strong and self-assured. And self-assured. Now, look, this is my very broad yeah. assessment and it's probably based Might on gender right. assumptions and historical and societal influence and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not, that was just my feeling. And I think that's a fair feeling. And I think, it, you know, is a representation of maybe your upbringing, but also society around us as well. You know, look, for me, I really would like to bring up our child, you know, gender neutral, you know, as much as possible. I really would like not to put on them Boy, it was strong, girl, it was that, you know, and I know that you feel very, I know, I'm not saying you're saying at all the same. I know you feel very similar, uh, but but society, unfortunately, does that. I mean, even just in the sex reveal, you know, you get blue confetti or you get pink and it's like, mm. could we not have gone silver and gold or, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, but then one thing. But how do you know? You get a gold child, a oh, gold yeah, medal damn for a child, yeah, or a you need silver like, second place. Like you need rose I, gold and. I, I think I think I wanted a strong, kind, self-assured, compassionate, empathetic child. Yeah, and you'll get that because that's and, what you're. Yeah, and out. I think that society makes it slightly more complicated to do that with a boy than it does. With a girl. Potentially. Potentially. And I think there's a big opinion. conversation yeah. to be had there. We don't want to offend anybody. And I think if you are up for the conversation, head over to my Instagram. You know I'm up for the chat. Head to my stories. We will chat away about this. There's so much. There is so much we can discuss. So I will get Jay on again for doing another podcast. We just wanted to share a little bit about our fertility journey and how Jay's felt about it. As long as you don't get me on again to like back this particular point no, up, not, because not, I have to just emphasize that this is my personal opinion. Yeah, but I don't. Not. There's no backing up that you need to do, and I'm just saying I'll get you on. This conversation will continue to flow. I think for us in general, between the two of us, having a child and having a boy and bringing them up into this world, and. I think we need to go, how do we want to bring up a child? Not how do we want to bring up a boy? And I know you agree. Mm, and yeah. I think that that's the, that's the core of this. So whilst you may have been like, oh, we're not having a girl, we're having a boy. Oh, and you may have been cautious. Deep down, I don't think that you are going to bring up a boy differently to how you're going to bring up a girl. I think you are going to teach him the same kindness, compassion, strength, self-assurance accountability and all the kindness and the love that we want to do no matter what sex the child comes out and no matter what gender the child chooses to identify as and I know that about us and that you know it excites me that we are going to be the parents that we say we're going to be and we'll get some shit wrong and it won't you know it won't all be perfect but I trust in us a lot, no matter, you know, no matter what. I've got a reasonably good idea of how not to do it. Right. And there we go. <laughs> so this podcast, you know, we'll do another episode on how not to bring up a child. Um, we, I think we've both got a lot of that. We we, we know um, how not to, you know, 
well, we know how to love, I think, is a is a big thing. We're both in therapy. We're both learning a lot about ourselves. And I think that that's going to be a really good start to parenting. Who knows? Maybe we'll be laughing in uh, 23 weeks time going, shit, the fuck, what the fuck do we do? We thought we knew how to do this. Because of course, we don't know how to do this, how to raise a human, but we'll, we will learn on the job, right? Well, we've done all right yeah. with we? Yeah, we've done all right with our puppy, who's the neediest dog in the world. <laughs> I literally can't go to the toilet without yeah. him crying we've at the done, bottom of the stairs. We've done well there. Oh, all right, yes. guys. Well, look, thank you for listening. And um, thanks for being on the podcast, Jay. Thanks for having me. Was it, was it terrible? Yeah, can we delete it? No, please? shut your face. It oh, wasn't bad. Oh, I don't. Just, You're going to be self-conscious and worried about what you've said. Well, no, it's not that. I just, I'm not, I'm not used to, like I say, I do a big presentation once a month at work or something. Other than that, I don't stand up in front of people oh, and no. say anything. Well, you've just had- not that guy. So I'm not, I'm not nervous about what I said. I believe in what I say. And you've also, held yourself if this well. goes like viral, I'll be like, oh my God. Don't worry. Three people listen to the podcast. It's all good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jay, for being on. And I love you very much. I love you too. Bye. Ta-ta. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's quite a long one. So if you made it through to the end, we really, really appreciate it. I know that whilst we were going through our fertility issues and trying for a baby and miscarrying that I found comfort in listening to a lot of podcasts and just hearing that other people had gone through what we were going through even if it was slightly different and it just made a difference hearing not only the stories where someone did become pregnant but just hearing stories where couples are surviving going through the hardest stuff like for me that's what this podcast is about and finding some light in the darkness and we stayed really hopeful throughout the two years and look lots of people try for a lot longer and we are so very grateful that we are able to be 17 weeks pregnant and just very positive that we can have a positive pregnancy and meet our baby boy in 23 weeks but please if you have any questions or any comments please dm me over on instagram at free fanny and i would be happy to answer any questions that you might have and if you could leave us a review on itunes spotify i don't know where else you can leave a review that would be amazing and i just again wanted to say thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it take care